Good evening, Rink Rats. It's been a little while. Andy Campbell here, your Rinkcast host for the Chicago segment of TheRink.com. And um, a podcast that we haven't done in a while to talk about our lowly Chicago Blackhawks. And the slide has officially begun. Into the basement they go and onward. I am joined tonight by the usual suspects, the Bard and Sean Fitzgerald. How we doing, guys? Bardo, how are you? Fantastic. How you doing? Excellent. A happy belated Thanksgiving to you. And Sean, how are you and how was your Thanksgiving, my friend? It was wonderful. I um, hosted 17 people at my house. So oh my goodness. Was, yeah, there was a it was a it was a good uh good group at the old uh Fitzgerald Ranch here. Excellent. Yeah. Love to hear it. So anyway, folks, before we get rolling, and if you can see across our ticker, our sponsor. Puck Hockey, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, all in caps. Hey, if you use the discount code, the rink, all in caps as well, you get 10% off. Spend $100. You do get a free T-shirt. We've talked about that before. Pretty cool. Uh, before we get rolling, also a shout-out to Team USA. Moving on in the World Cup today. We love that. We are soccer fans around here. We're here to talk hockey. But recognition for making the round of 16. And Bardo's shaking his head. Obviously, he doesn't like it. American. I have a goal to not watch one second of the World Cup. I absolutely hate soccer. Awesome. Wow. Well, great to have you with us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're so patriotic today. You were, yeah, Jeez. awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, I stopped our journalism class intentionally to watch it today. Some people don't like soccer because they prefer American football, and the first thing they go to is the diving. Well, hey, there's things culturally about every sport that maybe people do and do not like. Anyway, onward. And then a congratulations to my football team, my college football team, the Michigan Wolverines, and in no difference to John Jekyll, uh, a formerly a member of the rink who is a, a diehard Ohio State fan. Better luck next year, pal. Your team just got rolled in Columbus. And it, it's it it's awesome. really funny, um, Andy, how Jim Harbaugh three years ago was going to be run out of Michigan. He was going to take an, an NFL job to get out of there. To fresh start. Now the guy is set for life there. Yep, he's made one two of college football playoffs, and, yep. or he will, and he's beaten Ohio State two years in a row. Yep, I was, really those, I was one Ryan of those. Ryan Day got pantsed. He yep. got pantsed in this game. He looked pretty bad. He looked pretty bad. Well, anyway, folks, you tuned in tonight, the four or five of you that tuned in tonight to actually talk about some hockey. So here we go. Well, so let's do it. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, despite uh, – precarious start where they were actually winning games even though the the intentions this year were to tank the month of november has come and gone and they've been two seven and two uh which is pretty bad and um they most their most recent loss was a seven to two drubbing at home to the winnipeg jets which was tough to watch now to end the month they've got the edmonton oilers tomorrow night and then to round out the week the new york rangers and the new york islanders so it's not getting any easier and so, folks, this is happening. Uh, they're they're going to be down this year. Tickets are going to be cheap. There's not going to be a whole lot of wins. Anyway, what have you been noticing, Bard? Any high points, low points, things of uh, that sort that you want to comment on before we dive into some stuff? Well, you know, they had the winning formula for, and I'll put winning in quotes, but the winning formula was working that 
they were winning games, were I should say leading games, and then all of a sudden just imploding in the third period and blowing leads late. That was working because it was actually entertaining to watch. You know, seven to two games are just not fun. But you know what? They have to do this. They have to, whether they're intentionally doing it or not, I'm sure it's not, but they, they just need to, you know, suck and try to get into that top three, ideally top two, um, and, and, and get a high draft pick and keep developing those kids. You know, I loved hearing this week that uh, Kyle Davidson was actually on the road and scouting yeah. these, these um, you know, potential top prospects, you know, which is something we haven't seen with, with Stan Bowman. He's been, you know, sitting up at the press box watching every Blackhawk game, which does the Hawks really no good. Um, you know, be there every now and then, but you know what? You got to be on the road. You got to evaluate talent. So that's how you yeah. build a successful organization over time. So, um, yeah, so that, that's it's it's really hard to find a lot of positive things, um, but just you know, other than I, I take it as a positive is that they're losing. They have the third worst record in hockey. So you sure do. Yeah, as of right now, they are they're second to last um, in the West, only to the the surprising there or the. Uh, Anaheim Ducks, who are just miserable this year, mm. which I think is is definitely surprising a lot of people. But, Johnny, any thoughts? I'm going to dive yeah. into some stuff on some of our golden smoothies here, but what do you got? Yeah, so um, I'm still kind of surprised at how well Arvid Sadobalam has played. Yep. Um, he's got about a league average save percentage and three goals allowed. With this team, that's pretty good. That that's He might be something – like, I know he might be something we could build on for the future, whether he's in a tandem eventually when they're good with a mm-hmm. goaltending tandem with um, one of their prospects, or he's the guy in the net. But I think they might have found something with him. Yeah. So I think that's a – There's a plus. Yeah, that's a plus. It's but Hard to find some uh, some positives here going on, but – and then back to Bardo's point, uh, Davidson being on the road, scouting te- scouting players, and this is what this team was built to do. This team was built to lose, and yeah. they're I, the panic from uh, from people on Twitter about how they're overachieving and this, that, and the other thing. And I kept going, "Be patient. It's fifteen games. Be patient. It's only event. Everybody has." The, I mean, they had a little bit of the significant bump in. They had a new coach, yep. a few new players, a new season. But when you get past the like 10 or 15 game mark, what are they at? Like 20 something, 23, 24 games now? Yep. Talent shows, and this team does not have any talent. They don't have enough. No, they don't. They just don't. Water, water finds its level. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. Pretty simple. Not enough good hockey players on your hockey team. <laughs> so, kind of the way that it all works. Yeah, and another thing that uh, before we really get into it, I I'm just I'm maybe I, I shouldn't be shocked anymore, but it blows my mind when people don't understand. I, I get not agreeing with what Cal Davidson is doing, mm-hmm. but not understanding what he's trying to do. Right, like the fact that oh, we have Kane and Taves, which we'll get to. Yeah, we have Kane and Taves. Kane and Taves aren't young guys anymore. No, and they literally only have Kane and Taze. There's nobody else. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so, it, it, it it's just uh, boredom. I think people are just bored. I mean, it's like you you knew the tank was going to happen. You're not sure what to do. I mean, if you look at Mark Lazarus's article from last night or two nights ago, 
as soon as the game ended, he had an article on, on Patrick Kane, hoping that people are going to pay attention. Sure. I was one of those that read him. So it worked Mark, but at the same time, it was just the same stuff over and over again, which is how long is Kane going to last? Oh, he looks, you know, he doesn't look as interested anymore. And it's, you know, maybe you just don't fully understand until you're in the weeds of the rebuild, how dull it actually is. But I mean, here we are. I mean, we're all talking about the same things over and over and over again. So, I mean, I people bagging on Davidson, like, I just don't think people have anything better to do. Um, there's nothing good to talk about with this team. So I, I hear you, though. I feel you, Shawnee, and it does bother me saying, I mean, some people on Twitter are saying, oh, my gosh, like, let's hopefully they'll find a new GM or don't let Davidson draft. Uh, and I don't understand that. I mean, he got into the draft in July and acquired three first round draft picks, one of which looks pretty darn good. Um, and Korczynski, who, who showed some early signs, you know, we don't know if he's going to pan out. But but to say you don't want that guy drafting, uh, that's kind of asinine. Yeah, um, truly. You need I mean, as many bites of the apple as possible. No, and that's no, what he gave himself. He no, gave I mean, three this, bites of the apple. Yeah, I mean, he's... He, he, I mean, the other thing that Kyle Davidson is doing is he is patching up a boat with holes in it that Stan Bowman created. Yep. I mean, this thing is just a mess that had, that he had nothing to do with. Right. Um, so, and, you know, people have to understand that draft picks are really lottery tickets. The more you have and you, it's right. like the more chances you can get right or the more chances you could also get wrong. But I think going back to the Kane thing, I think with him, you know, to his credit, I think, you know, he didn't run to to Kyle Davidson and ownership and say, I want out. You guys are rebuilding. I mean, he he tried to legitimately make it work. So maybe now it's, he's seeing really what the reality is. And it's like, okay, maybe it's time for me to move on. Yeah. And he's the only person that knows that. Yeah. And and he's the only person that knows that. And you know what? I, I think, you know what? And if he turns around tomorrow or the week after next month and says, you know, I'd like to request a trade. No one can get mad at him because, quite no. frankly, he's given his all to this organization. Three no. Stanley Cups, a Hall of Fame career. He's, you know, he's going to have his banner, you know, raised up there, um, you know, to the rafters of the UC. But, you know, no one can be pissed at this guy because, quite frankly, he he did, you know, he did the noble thing where he basically said he knew this was rebuilding and he was going to give it a try. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I mean, right and right now with Kyle Davidson, I mean, you've you've got two picks right now. Two first-round picks right now. Yep. You've got one from the Brandon Hagel trade, um, which will be a low first-round pick, and then you have whatever pick the Hawks have, which, God forbid, it ends up being 10 or higher <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if something really bad happens in the lottery. But I think that the way that they're trending, there is hope that they could be in the top three or the top five, for that matter, which is great. Um, well, speaking of Patrick Kane, so I, you know, obviously that article – Sure, maybe his body language isn't what he used to. He does look like he's getting frustrated out there. Um, and he looked like he was getting frustrated with a lot of players in the beginning. I mean, he was getting frustrated with Seth Jones early in the season before Seth Jones's injury. But so Patrick Kane is uh, in the, what is it, the 21 games that the Blackhawks have played so far. This is a slower start for him than is the usual. And he's 34 years old. He's got three goals, 13 assists, 16 points in the 21 games, which certainly isn't horrible. But not the norm for him. He is minus 10, um, which has become the norm for him in in some of these losing seasons, uh, partly because who he's playing with, partly because he is a purely offensive-minded player. But are we actually seeing the decline of Patrick Kane finally? Like, is this a real decline? Or is this just a a guy who's just, I'm just not really feeling this right now? Uh, Let's go Shawnee and then Bardo, if that works. Is this real? Is he starting to fade? 
I don't believe it. I don't think it's real. I think this is the least amount of talent he's played with in his entire NHL tenure. Think about it. Like his rookie year, he still had Marty Havlet on the team. He still had, like Marty Havlet. He had Patrick Sharp. All Marty Havlet and Patrick Sharp were thirty goal scorers in the NHL. Can you name a thirty goal scorer on this team? Max Domi maybe had thirty goals a couple of years ago. Havlet and Sharp scored thirty goals Kane's rookie year. Like they have, there's so little talent on this team, and he's frustrated because he's used to playing with guys like Alex DeBrinket or Christopher Stieg or right. uh, Patrick Sharp, guys who at least have offensive talent that can complement him, or he could put them in the right spot. They also understood where he wanted to go with the puck or where he needed to be. So there is an adjustment that. But I think, like everybody said, it's boring. They're not good. The building's virtually empty aside from when they retired Hose's jersey. Like, and even then, him and Taves and everybody else sat for an hour before the game, before they actually got to play. So I think he's just, he's disinterested. He's bored. I mean, it, it, I think when the, the time comes that he re- decides to move on, or if he decides and he goes to another organization, he's going to set the world on fire. And everybody's going to be like, wait, I thought Patrick Kane was done. No, he's just found a new home, found a new situation, and he's found the joy of playing hockey again. Because right now this isn't fun. Yeah. No. Okay. So that's it. Bart, are you feeling the same action? Yeah, I mean, theoretically, he's going to go to a more talented team. So that's probably going to be, you know, in a playoff chase. So, um, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I I think it comes down to he really has no talent to play with whatsoever. I mean, you could talk about him making all the guys, you know, around him better. You know, I think that that can only go so far, I guess. But, um, you know, (laughs) look, he he spent a long time making guys like Michael Hanzus and, you know, Artem Anisimov better and among others, but, you know, this is now a little bit ridiculous. I mean, you have Max Domi and, you know, so, I mean, look, it's, we're now seeing, oh, I guess we saw it in practice today. We're seeing Taves and Kane together it's for great. the first time in God knows how long. Yeah. So it's like, they're trying to get anything to get him going. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, you know, Shawnee, you, you said, you know, is he disinterested? Is he bored? I'm not going to go that far. I do want to say there's a little bit of wind out of the sails because of how bad the team is. And maybe it's getting a little, you know, mentally exhausting. But, you know, I, look, he still plays as hard as he possibly can. I just think it's just, you know, climbing, you know, uphill on a sheet of ice. So I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. No, so I, I agree with all that. You know, I think that, you know, the, my first thought of, when uh when the news hit that Richardson's going to put Kane and Taves together on a line was, wait a minute, why why haven't we complained about this before? Like what? <laughs> why did this take five years to happen again? Um, where you see other teams load up on their top line and the Blackhawks just haven't ever really done that in recent years. They've always left those two apart, and why is that? Um, you know, and I, it'll be interesting to see. I I think the hope is, is that that'll ma- manufacture a lot of points, but not a whole lot of wins in an effort to maybe make them more marketable. But I don't know. Is it a, or is it the swan song? Is it saying you guys, this might be it for you guys once you play together one last time? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure Richardson is just saying, let's win games. Let's try to get back in the win column because um, that's what his job is. 
you know, regardless if this is a tank or not. But you know, speaking of which, so let, let's talk about let's talk about Jonathan Taves all of a sudden. You know, is he? I should have put this on the ticker instead of the bubble. I'm always screwing these darn things up. It's driving me crazy. Is Jonathan Taves? Jonathan Taves has eight goals now. He's a notoriously slow starter to every hockey season. Well, now he looks great. He's had an unbelievable season so far. I mean, I he's got the best faceoff percentage in the NHL. You can't win a draw off this guy. Um, he's somewhere around hovering around sixty-five percent. Yep. Now the reason that I want to bring him up, and I and I think that this is what where I worry about Jonathan Taves is is it's always one of those is he just one more headshot away from being on the shelf for the rest of the season. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I there were times that where we've had, you know, uh, some ring cast here and we've been talking about him and we've said, well, I don't know how tradable he'll be. He actually, someone might, someone will be calling him for him, Bardo. What do you think? I actually think he is more tradable than Kane right now because yeah. of the position right he plays, yeah. because of the position he plays, he's a center. Um, yeah. There's always a need for a top center. And if he's no longer a number one, he's, Definitely a number two, and, and uh, he could be a number three in, on a Stanley Cup contender if you put him as a third-line center. Right. Um, face-offs matter. We know that, and especially in the postseason. Um, he could still play defense, so he could act as your shutdown guy. He can score. You could put him on special teams. He could play in any situation. So to me, I would want that for the stretch run um, because of just the position that he plays. And, you know, look, it's nothing it's I'm not slighting Kane. Kane is great and certainly would be is desirable for a team needing offense. But to get a big time center like him and a leader like him who's been played so many playoff games. Oh, God. I mean, that that to me, you find me a young team right now. You know, I'm trying to think of a team. Maybe it's New Jersey or somebody like that. That that's, you know, all of a sudden looks really good. And you want to take a shot and get somebody who's a rental. I would take a shot at him 100%. Yeah. I mean, there, there'll be a lot of teams that will need help down the middle, as you indicated. And um, yeah, I mean, maybe more marketable. I mean, and, and again, we're talking about a prorated salary. The Hawks will still have to eat some of that. He's got a wave. He decides where he wants to go. Shawnee, let's play devil's advocate. We've done this with Kane. We haven't done it as much with Taves before. Who are some suitors for Jonathan Taves? Who needs help down the middle as of right now? I mean, now it's December 1 you know, come Thursday. So now teams are starting to think about, all right, we're at that. We're not at the midway point. We're, we're at that part of the season where we know what we've got and we know what we need in a couple months. Who's going to be calling for Jonathan Tate? Dallas could call for him. Okay. Dallas could use a center. Yeah. Um, Vegas is always feeling froggy. They could always make a deal for a center. Um, I think Bardo hit it right though. I think the devils, the devils are like overachieving, they're a young team. Uh, I think Taves brings uh, a cachet that a lot of guys on their team don't have. I mean, he brings three Stanley Cup championship rings into their building immediately. He's got that that um, championship mentality. Like he could, you know, you could put him with. Um, you could play him. You could put uh, him and Hersher on a line, or you could put him with Hughes, or. You, you can do all kinds of stuff with him on the Devils, and I think that would be a spot where he'd fit in perfectly. And yeah. like like uh, Bardo said, and you said, he's going to be a rental. 
He said, I'm going to cost you, like, the Hawks are going to eat probably 50% of his salary. Um, the one caveat, obviously, is the injury history and yeah. his shooting percentage right now. He's shooting 20%. Yeah, that, that's, that's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not. Yeah, that's not sustainable. So, eventually, it'll come back. But right now, he's got eight goals. He only had 12 all of last season. And remember, right. last season, he was coming back. Like from being out, not playing for an entire year, not being healthy. Right. He plays about 17 and a half minutes a night. That's probably where his sweet spot is. Maybe on a contending team, maybe he plays a little less. Like, I think, yeah, the Devils, I think the Devils are a fit for him. See, I'll tell you why I like the Devils also for this because if you have um, Hisher and uh, Hughes as your top two centers, the thing I like going back to the Blackhawks and, and, you know, their days of, you know, look at 2010, maybe even 13, is that, it, and you guys will remember this, is that their third line was always such a mismatch for teams because no one could match their depth. They had a third line that could all, that was always a combination, a two-way line that could score. You know, I remember they had Teravinen and Sharp and some combination there and Ladd and all these other guys that just can do a bit of everything. You stick right. tape on that third line, then all of a sudden that's a matchup that, that is killer. Yeah. You know? So to me, I think he makes so much sense for the Devils. Yeah. And I and I think the Devils might have the space to do it. You know, Colorado's been thrown out there a little bit. I don't know how much they're gonna have left cap wise with uh when Gabriel Landiscog comes off the long term the LTIR. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, it looks like they still might have five and a half million dollars at the cap to operate with. And if they do at a prorated salary, if the Hawks are willing that's, to get some of that's that, Taves. that's five and a half million. Yeah. And right, right down the middle. Um, and that, I mean, boy, McKinnon, Landon Skog, and Jonathan Taves are your centers. Ooh, uh, going in. <laughs> uh, yikes. Ooh. Now, would Jonathan Taves wave to go to Colorado? My guess would be, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would. You know, would he wave to go to the Devils? Probably. Um, you know, the Islanders are another interesting story. They've come back a little bit. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they've, they've kind of, they've started to resurrect things a little bit after, after a tough year last year. And, um, so yeah, I, but, but just going along the line here, Jonathan Taves is going to be marketable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if he stays healthy, like just please stay healthy, Jonathan. Um, you know, well, I mean, stay healthy for a number of different reasons, not for my selfish trade deadline wishes but um but it's and it's fun to see him playing well again i mean it's really cool but i mean i he would be on a cup team you know and and kane we've done the run around a hundred times and talked about where he might land but it's actually fun uh to do it with jonathan Taves. before we go around the league and talk about some other some other parts are there any other tradable pieces um who will survive uh you know, the rebuild in a sense, and maybe be back next year. I mean, there's the obvious with, you know, that McCabe and Connor Murphy will be back just because their salaries are bulky. Seth Jones, you know, some of the, those three older defensemen who have contracts that are pretty much immovable for different reasons based on their different abilities. Um, the rental guys. It's not the worst thing in the world either to have them help no. out the young guys. So No, no, it's definitely not. It's definitely not, especially when you've got a lot of young defensemen that you're going to be wanting in Rockford. And, you know, and I think that's probably why, you know, KD is, is going to be drafting young D as well. Um, any other guys, Shawnee? I would think Taylor Radish will probably still be around. 
Um, or who? Boris any other movables? Oh, any other movables? Yeah, Sam Lafferty. Sam Lafferty. Okay. Sam Lafferty, I think it's definitely a movable. But you get um, at, at best a low pick, like a yeah, best a low pick. pick. Yeah, I don't. But I mean, in terms of, you could probably find a guy if you can't find a guy in your system currently to replace Sam Lafferty. I mean, <clears throat> Reese Johnson probably could play Sam Lafferty's role right sure. now. Yeah, um, so that would be a movable piece. Um, if somebody wants Jurjar Kara, I mean, he might be somebody you could move. Yeah. Um, if anybody wants a little grit, Blackwell, uh, Dickinson. Dickinson. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if you flip Dickinson and and you get something, and you already got a second round pick for him, and you dumped Riley Stillman, I mean, Keith, yeah, yeah, you're you're. I I, I cannot believe. How, Vancouver what did that. Did yeah, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, that's going to look like a high second round pick. Is Vancouver sucks because yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. They're yeah. terrible. So you got Dickinson. You you dumped Stillman. Got Dickinson and a high second round pick. Marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. Keep Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, nice go. to see you. Maybe. I don't know. I I struggle with that one. And Bardo, I'd love to hear your thoughts too. Uh, Andreas and Athasiu. Um, and Athasiu and Athasiu. I. I mean, he's he is fast. He he flies, and that's about it. Speed is his game, but where does he fit on a top top two lines of any contending team? I just don't see it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, not I, a third I think, or I, I, I think he's your, I think he's your classic. Um, he can play up and down the lineup kind of thing. Your classic yeah. top nine forward, um, and he's useful. And so is Domi. Domi's another guy on a contending team can play up and down the lineup. And I think guys that are on one-year contracts and are rentals and you could use depth. I mean, look, it could be worse if you have an injury and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, one of these two guys is going to slide into my lineup. I mean, right. that's some crazy-ass depth. And so, I mean, and, they, and they're and they on cheap contracts. So they're cheap, they're proven, and they can put the buck in the net and they can yeah, skate. I, would, so. I, I wouldn't – I mean, Domi at least plays – has an edge to him. You know, I mean, I, I guess yeah, he, he, he's <clears> sort of agitator – uh, type presence in there. Um, you know, the, the Adam Burrish is the Dan Carcillo's when he was in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, just to, to try to, you know, Sean Avery's try to get under people's skins a little bit, but with a two, I just, I don't know. I mean, and, and I understand the depth piece. I do. I just wouldn't give up a whole lot for him. Um, no, I don't think you're going to, I mean, look again, it's going to come down you're going to get lottery tickets for it. If you can get yeah, draft yeah. picks, you know, and it's a matter of, you know, look, what, the Blackhawks in the past have turned fourth round picks into Nick Jarmelson and, and other mm-hmm. guys. And Bufflin was a sixth rounder. I mean, you need Andrew these Shaw. picks to go find them. Right. I hate saying that like, well, this draft is going to be a deep one. Everyone says it to me. It's like, they're all prospects until proven otherwise. But if this draft is as deep as everyone says it, then you know what? Get a hundred picks in this draft. Who cares? Yeah. Right. So, right. And, and the Blackhawks don't have a six round pick currently. Right. This year's draft. So right. I think Davidson is looking to pick up as many picks as possible for guys Absolutely. that he can rep- like and he can replace if if he trades double A away, like he could probably sign double A back in the yeah. offseason if he really liked him on a week really one year. Yeah. I mean they're, they're, those are cheap rental players. Right. And that and that's the point that he signed him for. He he signed him to flip him for low picks or to fill spots until because yep. think about it Lucas Reichel still hasn't come up for this team yeah and if you want to no. 
whether it's the end of this season or after the trade deadline, he's got to get time in the NHL. Yeah. At some point. So yeah, you're right. going to need a roster this, spot we'll for him. Yeah. He will definitely play this season. So you and need I think a roster spot for him. Do with, with these, you know, with these players is you get rid of their, whatever their low cap is. And what you do is you create more cap. And then if you want, you could take somebody's anchor of a contract back because you're probably going to get rid of Taze and Kane, you know, take another anchor contract and get a sweetener with it. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, it's, it's asset management, you know, as we all know. So I think doing stuff like that and getting creative, I think is a, is a good move. They did that with Morazic. They, they right. took back a, yeah, a contract yeah. Toronto didn't it. want. Build yeah, a home. Moving Kane or Taves too, they might if they want a decent return, that might also come with a bulky, bulky contract coming back to them too. Like if they right. get a couple, like a couple really good picks, then you know they might have to take on someone's trash, right? Uh, for for yeah. lack of a better term. So and even you if know, like, even if like like Kane and Taves will have the Blackhawks over a barrel because there are no movement clauses. Um, I always come back to when Tampa Bay traded Martin St. Louis to the Rangers. Like everybody knew he was going to the Rangers, and they still got a pretty decent return. Yeah. So, well, it's like if Kane does go to the Rangers, like I was trying to think of like where's the bad contract on that team? You know, they just traded it in Ryan Reeves, but it's like you could have seen them dump Reeves and like you know two sure. other decent young players or whatever prospects. But you know, that's just that's just one example of how this can work. So everybody right. has bad contracts. Yeah, so there there will be ways there there will there will be moving parts other than Kane and Taves if Kane and Taves are traded if they feel like being traded and again, it's up to them. Real quick, Rockford Ice Hogs and uh, you know Lucas Reichel he does have 19 points in his first 17 games, eight of those being goals. So he's doing his thing, which is what everyone wants him to do is uh, get a lot of stats and um, light up the league and learn how to play some quality uh, offense. Um, so let's real quick, you know I. You know, di- diverting a little bit from our lowly Blackhawks, and um, you know, Bardo, something that you you just mentioned the New York Rangers and some of their contracts. One of the things we want to start talking about is December first is a day or two away, two days away, depending on how you count it, thirty six hours away, whatever. Um, some surprise teams in the NHL. New York Rangers aren't really doing so hot. Uh, they are out of the playoff picture as of right now, and that's a team that many people thought would be competing for the East. Bardo, what are your thoughts? You you referenced an article today on Alex Lafreniere um, and some of their parts, but the Rangers aren't winning a whole lot of hockey games right now. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. This whole tri-state area um, where where I live in in New York, I mean, it's it's you look at the surprises, you know, between the Rangers sort of underachieving, the Devils overachieving. I, I don't think many people knew where the Islanders were going to go off of a bad year, but um, but now you know they're actually playing very well. So, and we'll see if it holds up, but yeah, I mean, the Rangers, I mean, look, Shesterkin threw, threw himself under the bus yesterday. I mean, he hasn't looked as, as great as he was last year. They've been, you know, terrible defensively. And then offensively, there's, you know, a lot of inconsistencies. We still haven't seen the the, the two top draft picks, Kako and Lafreniere breakout. Right. We, um, you know, uh, I, I would say that, this is it's still somewhat early. I guess they can go on a run, but it, it's right now. I mean, a lot of people are also calling for the coach's head a little bit and saying his moves are questionable, which is certainly, you know, there's an argument for that. Easy thing um, to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an easy thing to do. Exactly. But, um, you know, there's been some trends going back to last year in, 
in terms of how he manages the power play, et cetera, and team minutes. But, you know, uh, to, it's interesting. And then the Devils, you know, wow. I mean, geez, they, they've been incredible. So, you know, the goaltending move they made in the offseason, as, as, you know, with uh, the, the kid from uh, Washington, Vitek, he's yep. been great. So, um, and, and yeah. a lot of the young really, players. They've a really balanced attack this year, too. Yeah, their young players Pretty are important. blossoming. Um, yeah. You know, Hughes and, and, and Heischer, who we just talked about, and Hamilton's leading the way on the back end, and they've got some other young guys that have, that have played well. And, and I think with the Islanders, I mean, you know, it's interesting because they're um, – we knew they had talent. They were underachieving last year. They brought more or less the same roster back. But I don't know, they just – I guess the distractions of playing your first 20 games on the road and – dealing with the COVID stuff and, you know, now they're just playing a normal season. This coach, they seem to like very much, you know, yep. your guy, Lane Lambert. So yeah, really I good always job. found him really impressive. And, you know, they had the, they had the roster last year. They were just a total, yeah. they just they took just a total a, drive. Yeah, but. they were a train wreck. And, and you know what? I, I can't really tell, I mean, what's changed with Lambert, but they're, they're they seem to be playing a lot better, but, um, but yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to go real quick and stay in the East. And, um, you know, since we're doing that and then Shawnee, I, I want to hear some of your thoughts on what's going on in the, in the West. Um, but you know, I, I guess some surprise teams and, and I don't know if I'm that surprised. I actually, I put money on this team to, uh, to make it to the Stanley cup finals, but the Boston Bruins are just, they're so hot right now. Um, and obviously I live in the Boston area. And so it's, you know, it's, it's what I pay attention to. They're, you know, second in the East, uh, only to the New Jersey Devils. New Jersey's got three games in hand. But a few things going on right now. Jimmy Montgomery got a second chance. That's number one. Bruce Cassidy, uh, they, had, they had been through that. They had, the players had gone through his song and dance. It had gotten stale. It had gotten old. They made moves over the summer. Patrice Bergeron, there were rumors that he was just going to retire or go elsewhere. Um So now they've got Jim Montgomery running it. Uh, Linus Allmark is finally playing. Well, yep. to his contract, uh, which is which is big because last year I think everyone in Boston was kind of going, "Who's Linus Olmark?" Um, He's a peanuts character. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Linus, <laughs> and his, Linus and his blanket. His blanket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Felino's reborn somehow. Nick Felino, who it took him all season to get one goal last year, he's he's playing out of his mind. But the real difference maker, and it, well, Pasternak is a heart candidate right now. Yeah, um, he's been tremendous. Big problem down the line is they're going to have to pay him. They didn't do it the first time when they had the chance, and so now they're going to have to do it. So they've got some really tough decisions. And ahead of the deadline, they have some tough decisions. My dream is for Patrick Kane to end up in a Boston uniform. Uh, don't know if that's going to happen. Probably not. Um, but it's uh, Hampus Lindholm I, is maybe the best defenseman in the league right now. I was to say Norris candidate. Yeah, I, I, he is a Norris candidate. I, I would I would put him in the top three Norris candidates right now. Um, he is not he's never on the ice for a goal scored. Um, and I went to a game the other night, and I mean he 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 keeps the play in front of him the whole time. They barely get across the blue line when he's out there. Um, and he's he got a does, lot of depth up front, which I think yeah. to me has been you know has been key. You just got you know you hope that Father Time uh, doesn't catch up with some of their older guys like Bergeron, yeah. et cetera, but. Um, but yeah, they're, they're playing well. Krejci coming back for them. Krejci coming too. back big time, big time. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's certainly been helpful. And I, uh, I don't know. They, they will dip a little bit, um, because they actually have nowhere to go, but down, I mean, right. they're 18, 18 and three. 
uh, in 21 games, which is pretty darn legit. Um, They've got Taylor Hall playing on the third line. That's a yeah. former MVP. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think former from, overall number one pick. It's I don't I don't really yeah. know what they're missing right now. I mean, they need to figure out what to do with Mike Riley. Um, it should be interesting if they have any any tradable pieces. Uh, come the deadline, you know, I think one player that a lot of, uh, you know, Boston fans are, are saying might be expendable in the, in, at the deadline is Brandon Carlo, um, who's still a very, very good defenseman. He's young, $4 million cap hit, but they might be willing to to move him to to maybe get a little bit more offense. We'll see. Um, and then the, the other surprise team I just wanted to mention in the East is the, the Florida Panthers really haven't gotten going yet. Um, and I wonder if they're they're going to start doing that. I, I thought the senators were going to be a little bit better. I think the Panthers will start to climb, but they've had a slower start. Um, and Sean, you've always liked the Sabres a lot. I, I, I thought the Sabres were going to do, be doing a little bit more. Yeah. I thought, um, I really believed, um, uh, Mrazek and, uh, Friedman saying that they would be better. And if they just had consistent and they still might, if they just had consistent goaltending, from them and Ottawa, too. If they yeah. just had consistent goaltending, I think they'd be better. I'm going to stay in the East real quickly and make a point. Um, yeah. You know, two teams that we're used to seeing in the playoff mix that have, you know, future Hall of Famers, Pittsburgh and Washington. Is it now time to say it's time to rebuild? Are they now? Because, you know, Pittsburgh's yeah. barely in a wild card position and Washington is, you know, you know four points out. So are they looking at, you know, a rebuild or time to kind of fold up shop or whatever I mean, it is? Washington, I, I, you know, it's easy for us as Chicago fans or particularly easy for me in that sense, but, you know, to, to bag on Washington, but they, I mean, they, they really were making some gasping from, for air type moves in the off season. And it's easy to put Eric Gustafson and Dylan Strone in that conversation. <laughs> um, and if those are guys that you're acquiring, and your team is aging, you're kind of going, uh-oh. Um, but I, I think, like you said, Bardo, I think they're a year or two away from pushing the tank button. And, yeah, maybe they sell. Um, maybe they sell off at the deadline if they're not at the, at the mark. Maybe they just say, look, hey, we, we had a window. We won a cup. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. – I almost feel like Washington is is becoming the Blackhawks from the last couple of years, like uh, trying yes. to hang on. Like that's yeah. what I'm hearing. So nine, nine, eleven, and three right now, um, and they're uh, in that metropolitan division um, where I, I mean, I, you know, the Devils, Islanders, Hurricanes, Penguins, and Rangers all in that division. And I, and I think that I don't, I don't think the Hurricanes have hit their stride yet either. No, they haven't, and they're still like right at the top of the division, like right yeah, there. Yeah. They're very, they're kind of lurking in the weeds right now, like a snake just ready to jump up. And they're just waiting for New Jersey to kind of come back to earth a little bit. And they will, just like you said with Boston, they're going to come back to earth a little bit. Yeah. And then, I mean, the Maple Leafs are right behind Boston and then they will lose a first round series. The Lightning are probably pretty tired just after all the, you know, they've, they've played a lot of hockey over the last few years. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? If they keep losing, I'll take a higher draft pick. Yeah. Me too. There you go. And the Detroit Red Wings are 11, 6, and 4, which is pretty darn good for them, which is great. Um, but, yeah, we should be rooting against Tampa Bay. Let's um, let's move over to the West real quick. And, Shawnee, um, read the chart. Give us some surprise teams in the West. You were talking a bit before the show on a yeah, couple of and, and what have you got, man? So the Seattle Kraken are yeah, a team surprise Yeah, what about today. that? Yeah. So, I mean, 
first off, Mandy Bernier's playing a whole season for them. Like, uh, I understand college hockey is clearly not where you develop players, according to uh, <laughs> internet geniuses. But where's our where's our buddy out there that hates college hockey? He seems to be pretty good um, with 18 points there. They're yeah. getting. Um, I know overall their number doesn't look too good in goaltending, but last year, so last year their goaltending was so bad. Their average save percentage was 0.88. This year, it's not much better. It's 0.895, but league average is only 0 0.90 right now. So they're playing about league average goaltending. Last year, they were so far below league average goaltending. They couldn't make saves. Like, yeah, basic saves. Yeah. So the only confounding thing about the Seattle Kraken is what they're doing with Shane Wright. Um, they sent him down on an AHL conditioning assignment. Uh, I believe he's had five goals in six games. Yeah. Um, but he's been a healthy scratch for them numerous times. He, so he, I, can't, I, he can't stay in the AHL much longer, though, can he? No, I think it's only like 10 or 15. I think it's 10 or 15 games you can stay in the AHL. He, so he, have to, he has to go back to Seattle or go to his junior team. Isn't that right? I believe I believe so, yeah, because I don't, I don't think he's hit the 10-game mark in the NHL yet. Because mm -hmm. you have to play at least ten games in the NHL before you're sent, before they can't send you down and they burn your first year of your yeah. um, ELC. So, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, Maddie Bernier's legit Calder candidate right now. Yeah, fair. Yeah, fair. Yeah, and and they're good. getting decent goaltending from Martin Jones, who yeah. everybody thought was washed. And um, so yeah, they're they're surprised. They're they're a surprise, and then I the Dallas Stars to me, especially yeah, I, yeah. they're playing really well. Especially um, a guy who really lit up the Blackhawks last time they played him, and is having a great season that I think nobody's talking about. Jason Robertson, Robertson, yeah, he's unbelievable. He's Robertson has 19 goals already. He had 41 all of last season. Just signed a new deal, signed a four-year deal. I think after last season. He's second. Uh, he leads the team in points more than Jamie Bend right now. And I think, I mean, he's only 23 years old. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, he, uh, he's one of the top scorers in the NHL right now. So that's kind of a shock. And it's kind of cool. I mean, he's a Filipino-American. There hasn't been many of those players in the NHL like that. So um, yeah, that's pretty cool. In that he's he's a, he's a unique a unique uh, individual out there, so that was really cool. Yeah, um, Rope Hints is a nice player too. I mean they've they've got they've got a good squad. He got an extension today. He just yep. signed, yeah, eight year yep. deal. Eight year deal. Maybe for not what we think it should be, but sure. we'll see how it goes. I mean, last year he was or his rookie year, by the way, Robertson was second in the uh, Calder Cup voting. So, got it. Yeah, and he had seventeen goals, and then he jumped to forty one this year or the prior year and now he's at 19. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a shock for me. And yeah. then Winnipeg Jets are kind of surprising too. I thought they were yeah, they've come on. Yeah. They're going to take a step step back. So there's some uh, surprising teams. Are you, you surprised? Your... Are you surprised but... at all about Vegas leading the West right now? That's what I, mean, I, I that's... yeah. I that's am surprising. actually yeah. just because you know we didn't think they were going to be good and their roster is always such in flux. I think when they're healthy, though, like when they're really healthy, I think like um, they've got, I mean, Stone, Shea Theodore, yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Eichel, 
Petrangelo. Well, like they've got a good team. They're just it's all depend. They're not deep. It's all top heavy. Well, it's, no, Stone was unhealthy last year, and I think that just having him back full time, uh, Alex Petrangelo has had an awesome start to the season. Yep, twenty one um, points already. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about. You know, we talk about Norris candidates. He might be in that conversation, too. I'm sorry, Bart, I cut you off. You were going to say no, something. Okay. I actually thought Vegas, because of their cap situation, was just going to be, you know, a team that was just going to kind of be middling a little bit. But, you know, they, they've they also had luck with, you know, Shea Weber's on IR. And, I mean, he's, his yeah. career's done, as we know. I mean, Robin Lehner's on IR. So it's almost like giving them some free Nolan Patrick. I mean, these guys have, you know, price tags on them and they, and now all of a sudden it's kind of giving them some breathing room. But I think um, you mentioned it, Shawnee, is that they're healthy, you know, and I think that's, that's big. I mean, you have Eichel who's finally, you know, I guess a year or so removed now from that, you know, that Back injury. That he had. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is a team that, that, um, and yeah, they, they played really well, surprisingly enough. They really surprised me so far. Awesome. And I don't, I, this, what is, I did not see Anaheim leading the, <laughs> the lottery charge here. No, remember no. last year, we, so were talking, we were talking yeah. about Anaheim being like a fringe playoff team last season. And Klingberg, Klingberg has been a disaster. He's yeah. been a disaster, but you know, that injury, I think we talked about in our last podcast was the Drysdale. Yeah. Yeah. That injury is a killer. I mean, they were relying on him as like their top D, you know, right next to Klingberg. So um, that's a killer. That's I mean, he's I think he's done for the season. But yeah, I think he he's they're saying four to six months. Yeah. Can we talk about also Vancouver being a disappointment? I mean, I don't think any of us are big Bruce Boudreau fans, but I mean, I think we saw like you know a crop of nice talent over there, nice young talent. You know, since um, you know the Sedin era kind of went away. And They've kind of been confounding for the last couple of years. They've yeah, had like nice, like last year when they brought Boudreaux. Players. Yeah. Didn't they bring Boudreaux in last year or was it the year before? I think it was last year. And, and they, to like right the ship. And then they kind of played a little bit better. Yeah. And they kept him on. And then they brought in former Blackhawks great coach, Jeremy Colleton, to coach their AHL team, which mm -hmm. I still don't understand how he has a job in North America. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they've got yeah, talented yeah. guys on their team. I just don't, I don't understand what, I don't understand what the issue is in Vancouver. Yeah, and then of course we have. I don't, I don't really want to talk about the Coyotes right now because that that just gets me very upset. Um, just the fact that they're still in Arizona and it's still not working, and I don't know. I did, I did watch uh, one of their own their early home games. Uh, on ESPN Plus, I did stay up late one night and watch one of their games, and it was pretty interesting. I mean, Buchagras and um, can't remember who else was calling that game. Where I mean, they were trying to you know inject some life into it, and right. the fans seemed to be into it because I mean, it's it's a college hockey arena that only holds like eight. I think they there was like eight thousand people at the game. So yeah, and yeah. I know um, at least me personally. Before um, I had to do some uh, home renovations, my wife and I had talked oh, about lovely, yeah, uh, possibly going to Arizona for spring training and then swinging through and catching the Coyotes play somebody at Arizona State University. Yeah, so, right. Just to, yeah, just to experience that. 
Yeah, that'd be kind of fun, actually. It'd be really fun. You should do that. Um, yeah. Two other teams I just want to reference. I, I think Calgary and St. Louis are going to climb back. Um, St. Louis had a really slow start. Calgary, you know, their their deck of cards has changed so much. Um, they really are missing. They've got a lot of good forwards, but they don't have anyone that dynamic. Right. Um, they're missing they're Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be a tough team to play against. But I, they've got a lot of grit, but I just don't think they have a whole lot of flash. They just It just doesn't seem like a whole lot of, like, high-level talent. They just seem like they've got, like, nine Tyler Toffoli's in their, in their top nine. What's that? You see Minnesota moving up? Maybe a little bit. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they. Were I mean, they get the beat up on the Hawks, so that yeah. And then you know, and, and I, I don't, and obviously we haven't, we haven't seen the best of Colorado yet this year either. No. Um, I mean, I. I was all in Carolina. They haven't hit their stride. Yeah, I mean, I uh, don't. Well, and I don't. I don't think you can, you know, un- understate the loss of. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog and what he means yeah. to that team. I mean, yeah. I, Nathan McKinnon obviously gets all the highlights, but uh, you know, Landeskog is in a sense like their Marion Hosa. I mean, he's yeah. that guy where it's just the team dynamic is just totally different without him around. And anytime mm-hmm. they have a player in a slump, they put him on a line with the Cogger and then the guy's out of the slump. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's, he's, he's that kind of player for them. So. Which can we bring it back to? I know you mentioned Marion Hosa, and I'd ordered one of those Hosa eighty-one T-shirts. What nice. did you guys th- think of the uh, ceremony, the presentation, and and the the banner raising of his number? Oh, I mean, it was great. I you know I, I paid attention to it. I got nostalgic. It was good to see the guys in the building, and uh, you know some of the golden smoothies coming back. I mean, I it, it did kind of hit triggers of, gosh, that actually was a long time ago when we were winning. Yeah, you know, yeah. it definitely had that feeling of, mm-hmm. boy, that wasn't yesterday. <laughs> no, and, and <laughs> it wasn't. I did like that Eddie Olchek came back to do it. I thought that was a really nice touch having yeah. him there, being a part of all of it. Yeah. Um, Marion Hosa, Steve Rook, and Jalmerson, and having all those guys. I mean, it was pretty cool. But you know, yeah, those days are gone. Um, oh, great ceremony! Sure, yeah. yeah, great ceremony. Well deserved. Uh, glad they did it. You know, 81. Uh, I, I think it's also cool that he's the only one that's ever worn 81 for the Blackhawks and no one ever will again. That's cool. I didn't that realize really cool. I didn't realize yeah. that until they made a point to mention that several times in the ceremony. But Yeah, um, I thought that but, was really cool, too. Yeah. And then, um, go ahead. Going now. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, you're and good. The, any other final thoughts from around the league or anything else uh, that you guys want to mention before we close up shop for the night or any shout outs to anyone in particular? No. Hmm. Pardo? Shawnee. All right. Well then I'll do a shout out real quick here. I did. I just, uh, uh, you know, I, I work at a boarding school and uh, you know, just a, a shout out to uh, the girls and boys hockey teams uh, at Brooks school about to embark on their seasons tomorrow. The girls hockey team are, they're hosting Cushing. We're looking forward to the, to their, their new beginning, their new season, brand new coaching staff. Ashley, you've listened to the podcast before. We're rooting for you. Bean Clark, great assistant coach, Lori Sharpentier back on the ice. It's going to be a great group this year. Uh, shout out to the boys hockey team. Uh, a little bit of a dust up in their first scrimmage last night versus visiting oh. Lawrence. Uh, they got dusted up. Unfortunately, three nil. Couldn't get on the score sheet. Got some things to to work out. 
uh, figuring out a press four check and need some movement with their forwards in the neutral zone, but they'll get there. They got good leadership with the OC, Owen Christopher. He's an all ISL baseball player, Jeremy Emsch, all ISL football player, another captain, Will Rasier and Jake Lapani are their other captains. So uh, they're playing Pingree Friday night. So just want to give a shout out to that crew and wish them luck in the beginning of their season. Go Brooks hockey should be a fun season. Cushy Academy is a legendary program for hockey. Oh, big time. God, they've been around forever. I mean, I can't imagine how many NHL players that went there. So, yep, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, when I, I I remember playing against Cushing when I was at Tabor Academy, and that year they were thirty-six one and one in nineteen ninety-six, and mm-hmm. their defensemen were Tom Pody and Bobby Allen, and wow, Pete Metcalf, and yeah, we didn't do so hot against them. I was going to say, were you guys the one uh, loss against them, or? <laughs> You no, were, you I remember, were, I remember you the were first time we thirty six. No, the first time we played him, we lost eight to two, and we were like, "Hey, not bad, guys, not bad." <laughs> Is Thayer Academy still a big time program? What's that? Is Thayer Academy still a yeah. big time program up yeah, there? They are still big out here. They're in the ISL. So the, you know, that's Ronick and Amante, I think, is all old uh, stomping grounds. Yep, Tony Amani uh, was the head coach of Thayer oh, wow. up until I think he just stepped down. I'll have to look that up. But uh, but Did yeah, he step he's... away from the buffet table or two or <laughs> I, don't I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, but prep school hockey is about to start up, and the the ISL in here in the Boston area is quite good. You know, Govs always has good teams. Belmont Hill, a storied power. My D partner from college, Brian Finney's the head coach. Good luck to you, Brian. And um, so yeah, a lot of good hockey out here. A lot of good hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, man, we, you know, the Catholic League by me, Marist, Brother Rice, Saint Rita, Mount Carmel, all those schools uh, will battle for the Kennedy Cup at some point this year. Right. So those were always those are always uh, good rivalry days. We used to uh, chant obscene things at those hockey games. Yeah, well, then we'll leave those. Open. We'll leave those in the back burner for now. We'll open for sure. For, for sure. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, Go Hawks. We'll see how it goes. Sorry, that's my son Riley in the background. (laughs) Giggling away in his Blackhawk pants. Good good night, Riley. Um, Thank you. uh, Um, All right. Little 81. And when I do do get my Hosa 81 shirt, I will make sure to wear it on the pod. So everyone can see. Love it. Well, um, thanks, guys. Thanks, Bardo. And thanks, Sean Fitzgerald. And thank you for those who are tuning in. Um, We'll be back for another uh, podcast, hopefully another week or so. And we'll talk some Hawks, but we're going to take you more around the league. Uh, There will probably be issues coming up in the NHL, player movement, personnel things, all sorts of stuff in the news that we'll want to dissect and break down. So um, until next time, folks, uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight. And um, happy holidays.